time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. This episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by the fourth annual Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers Wild Alaska Pollock Meeting, taking place at the Western Seattle in Seattle, Washington, on October 17th, 2022. The Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers, also known as GAP, is working to promote wild Alaska pollock in major whitefish markets around the world with a focus on Europe, North America, and Japan. Their goal is to educate both seafood buyers and consumers about the superior benefits of wild Alaska pollock. The theme of this year's wild Alaska pollock meeting is strategically building awareness and demand for the perfect protein, and will bring together representatives from all segments of the wild Alaska pollock industry, marketing experts, and visionary speakers designed to challenge the status quo and inspire collaboration for tackling future industry challenges. Topics will include economic updates, consumer research and trends, the results from the new GAP Always On Wild Alaska Pollock Awareness and Demand campaign, and much more. Seafood News and Ernerberry are proud to sponsor this event. GAP would also like to thank Aquamar for its gold level sponsorship. To register for the meeting, please visit alaskapollock.org. Don't miss out. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle, and today I'm excited to welcome Aaron Kallenberg, the founder and CEO of Wild Alaskan Company, onto the podcast. Aaron was born and raised in Alaska and grew up on the back deck of his family's commercial fishing boat. After working in the tech industry for nearly two decades, Aaron launched Wild Alaskan Company in 2017. The membership-based service provides seafood lovers high-quality, well-caught seafood from sustainably managed fisheries. Aaron joins the podcast today to talk about a topic at the top of mind from almost everyone right now, inflation. And I think everyone is really starting to feel that pinch. And a recent report from the New York Times found that some people are turning towards cheaper meats and cutting subscriptions. And Payments.com, a global leader for data, news, and insights on innovation and payments and the platforms powering the connected economy, reported last month that estimated total monthly expenditure on subscriptions fell by 46% in March versus six months prior. Of course, this isn't just food-related subscription services, but it certainly is eye-opening. We talk about some of the issues with Aaron. Let's take a listen. Hey, Aaron. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Happy day. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, we, we've got a lot to, to tie in, and it's an interesting time for everyone right now, not even in the seafood industry, just people living in this world now, right now with, with prices skyrocketing and, and the U.S. facing recession risk. And we're going to talk about that, but I want to backtrack a little bit to talk about happier times, um, if that's even possible during the pandemic. But uh, while Alaskan Company, you guys saw some success during the pandemic. And uh, I know Lainey Welch of Alaska Fish Radio, she reported in December 2020 that at one point you were adding up to 200 customers every day. And that's huge. Yeah, that, that's interesting that um, that number was reported because at the height of the pandemic, it was closer to 1,400 customers wow. a day. I think that the 200 number was um, more recently, um, but it's um, un, untypical for Wild Alaska to have over 200 new subscribers to the membership service daily. But at the height of the pandemic, it was definitely closer to 1,400 a day. Just yeah. a huge surge for home delivery of seafood. No, and I think it's it's an interesting because obviously it was growing in popularity. You know, people you know want convenience, but the pandemic really you know pushed things forward and accelerated that. But I mean, it's hard for anyone to say like I saw this coming. But you know, when the pandemic hit, like 
was Wild Alaskan Company prepared? Did you think that you were going to get that wild boost that you got? You know, um, I think that the most important thing, I don't know who said this, but the most important thing about planning is plan for your plans to change. So as a philosophy, you know, we obviously couldn't predict the timing of the pandemic um, or, you know, any disruption, good or um, or negative to the business. We philosophically try to position while asking to take advantage of volatility um, without necessarily needing to predict what that might be. And in the case of the pandemic, we understood that we, uh, leading up to the pandemic, we understood that we needed redundancy in our fulfillment network. Um, we have a proprietary uh, order management system that we built that allows us to distribute our orders and our, uh, quite efficiently across multiple fulfillment facilities. And we understood that we needed redundancy. We didn't know that it was going to be so immediate. Um, and you know, in the, in the face of a global pandemic, it's been a tragedy for, for so many around the world. But we philosophically had approached the business with uh, providing for a level of redundancy for the unknown unknowns. And that ability to continue to fulfill um, without any major disruption throughout the pandemic has, has, has definitely been a prime example of that philosophy in action. Yeah. And actually, that kind of leads to my next question is that, you know, a lot, yeah, a lot of businesses took some serious blows, but your company was, it seemed like you guys were able to grow during that pandemic. I mean, you guys expanded your team, um, you formed new partnerships to expand your fulfillment centers and regional delivery. Uh, you know, did the pandemic really accelerate those plans or, or was that always, you know, in line for, for a while the last company? Yeah. You know, when you look back at our projections, you know, I think every business uh, builds those hockey stick projections that show, uh, you know, five to 10 years out. Um, so we had, you know, in our wildest dreams, pun intended, plan to grow to the size we are now. We just thought it would take us closer to a decade and to have it, that growth accelerated into a couple of short years definitely has the management team's head spinning. Um, you know, so did we think we'd do it this quickly? No, we have high hopes we do it. Yes. You know, we were betting on some macro trends, home delivery, digital um, uh, consumers, uh, digital natives. Um, and so, you know, the, the plan fundamentals of our plan were in place, but the, what the pandemic really did was accentuate all of those behaviors. Um, and I think what's most interesting about it is that those behaviors have really persisted with seafood in particular. Uh, we're now living in a post pandemic, I'm even cautious to call it post pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems like we're, 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 in, we're in uncharted territory, but it's yeah. definitely not 2020 anymore. But what is persisting and is the health conscious consumer, uh, right? Like consumers are from our perspective, much more health conscious. People know that wild sustainable seafood is some of the best um, animal protein that you can eat on the planet. And I really do believe that that consciousness in conjunction with, um, a newfound sort of familiarity with home delivery has really boosted the seafood industry in particular uh, with direct consumer businesses such as Wild Alaska. And, um, uh, you know, so there's benefits of just the, the business model, but then the, the, really the elevated consciousness of the, of the consumer and their focus on health. You know, I think the pandemic has made us all feel a little more vulnerable, you know, at, at best. Um, you know, at worst, obviously, it's been a tragedy for so many, but. But that new elevated consciousness is having people think about what they want to eat. And fish is becoming top of mind, um, despite some of the other macro trends that we're, we're, we're now facing. Yeah. Um, uh, inflation, among many others. 
Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, ultimately, this past April, uh, the company ended up raising prices, uh, but that was the first ever price increase. So, you know, what went into that decision? Yeah, so you know we're we're a public benefit corporation. Um, and we have a, a mandate to serve a more inclusive set of stakeholders. So it's not just the, the shareholders of Wild Alaskan. It's it's the, of course the shareholders, but it's also the team members, the members of the service, the communities in which we're operating, in, and the fish. And you know, I often talk about the democratization of seafood. I I don't you know I don't think any of us want seafood to be viewed as a luxury protein that um, only rich people can, you know, afford to eat and, you know, and afford to be healthy. So we've, you know, really held tension with the fact that we, we do have to um, be a business. We do have to make money, but we don't, um, you know, want to unnecessarily raise prices and held on to that ethos as long as, uh, as possible. You know, there, there's absolutely no doubt that inflation is real. And it's impacting the seafood industry. Wild Alaskan has seen the cost of seafood increase nearly 24% since we launched the company. Um, you know, we've hung on through several years of um, you know modest increases that add up over time. And, and for several years, the efficiency of our proprietary supply chain technology and the expansion of our fulfillment network really allowed us to more or less keep pace with those rising costs. So we were adding efficiency as fast as prices were raising, which meant that we didn't have to raise prices um, on Wild Alaskans members. And, and we don't take that lightly. At the beginning of the pandemic, um, you know, we were asked, a lot are we going to raise prices? And I said, no, you know, we're not. And, and you know, we, we held out um, over two years, uh, you know, through, through, through this volatility. And I think that's really a testament to what, software can do when you combine it with the physical infrastructure that, that we've been able to scale. Um, and that I have no doubt is the wave of the, the future in terms of how food will end up on people's doors because it's so much more um, efficient and the carbon footprint is reduced significantly. Um, we're very proud of the amount of uh, fish that we're keeping out of airplanes, for instance. But, you know, uh, the cost increases due to an, a pandemic in its third year, essentially, um, uh, ongoing hyperinflationary pressures this year uh, and the invasion of U uh, Ukraine by Russia eventually outstripped our ability to drive down our cost of goods sold um, in the near term through improvements uh, to our own supply chain by itself. And, and oh, wow. as a yeah, as, as a, you know, that was a, a tipping point for us. Okay. And I think that the in, Russia's invasion of Ukraine really, when we started looking at the, some of the, 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 the writing on the wall, the fuel costs, um, you know, the uncertainty around sanctions, um, the volatility that many of our suppliers were facing, um, and, you know, some of the processors that we work with, we, we knew that, you know, we needed to, in much the same way that we, we added redundancy with, with our fulfillment network, we needed to finally add some redundancy with respect to price. And as a result, we raised our prices for the first time in the company's history. Uh, we Luckily, we didn't have to raise them nearly as much as the cost of seafood's gone up because the members of Wild Alaskan Service were able to benefit from all the efficiencies that we've been trying so hard to bring to the seafood industry and the distribution model of, of, of frozen food um, general. Um, and so we, we raised about, for most members, you know, 10 to 11 okay. percent. Um, so not nearly as much as the price increase. It's very modest price increase. Um, and the response has been incredible. It's, it's actually been incredibly expiring, inspiring. Um, 
you know, countless members have emailed me and my wife and, and the team. And, you know, they, you know, they stated that they expected a price increase mm. and that they're proud to support the Wild Alaskan Company, that they're seeing this across the board. Yeah. And when you think about it in this post pandemic or, you know, three years into the pandemic, I don't really want to say post pandemic, but when you think about it, you know, with this health consciousness, um, when you're faced with inflationary pressures at home and maybe you're going to cancel, you know, your second Netflix account, uh, you know, or that, that luxury good, but mm-hmm. you're, you know, when you know that this is, you know, something that's good for your health, it, we're finding that seafood really isn't the first thing, even with the price increase when people are having to make those decisions, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's ticking off their list. In fact, they're affirming that this is to us, one of the things that, um, you know, <laughs> that they plan to keep. And that's been really heartening, you know, because it's always, um, unnerving for a business operator to, to, you know, increase prices. Yeah. You don't want to be coming out with pitchforks. <laughs> so, uh, that actually brings me to my next question. Um, I read a really interesting interview with the CEO of a subscription commerce platform, uh, called sticky.io. And he said something along the lines of, um, merchants will experience a trend of consumers if they're not thinking about the ways they can deliver more value along with the convenience. So, you know, in, in the lines of, of people keeping their subscriptions while everything's the cost of everything's going up. And, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you think? I mean, you talked, I guess, a little bit about it just now and that like people see the value of seafood, you know, but eventually, like, are, are you afraid that there's going to get to a, a point where it's, you know, I, I already cut my Netflix, I cut my HBO, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's going to be the next thing? I'm not I'm actually not familiar with that that company um, or, or, or the comments, but I think generally um, we're already seeing, uh, you know, a shift in the digital subscription ecosystem, right? There's been an incredible amount of very cheap capital dumped in without a lot of discretion into many directory commerce companies, many subscription models, SaaS businesses. Um, and a lot of those don't actually have a runway. They don't have a path to profitability. They're, you know, sort of funded with, we've been in over a decade of sort of tech fund, you know, tech venture funded hubris, right. And, some people are equating this time to, you know, another dot-com bubble. And, you know, a lot of these businesses, when, when, when capital is affordable and interest rates are at rock bottom levels, one of the, I guess, cheapest ways to make money is to invest in rapidly growing companies. When that capital starts to become um, more expensive and those companies haven't actually built solid, sustainable um embedded relationships with, with their customers, with their members. Um, so they don't have a path to profitability, then they're going to see a lot of, a lot of churn. Um, and, and I think that that just really underscores the importance of, um, of building relationships with your members. You know, again, Wild Alaskan Company is a public benefit corporation. We view our members as stakeholders. We're in this for the long term, So we have focused very intently on building relationships with, 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 with the members. And I do think that's going to be more important. You really can't have a turn and burn mentality that's fueled by a bunch of, um, you know, free capital. Luckily, while Alaskan company is never been into institutionally backed um, by investors. Um, you know, we don't have venture capital, we don't have gross capital. So we've had to live and breathe this slow and steady relationship building, um, you know, through, throughout now the pandemic certainly, 
boosted, um, you know, our, our, our numbers, but our approach um, has been to share Alaska, to share this wonderful, sustainable resource with the country. And that hasn't changed. And I, I think businesses that are focused on fundamentals and not sort of not caught up in this uh, you know, hubris of free capital, uh, and they have a runway, and they're focused on the uh, relationship with 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 their customers are going to do just fine. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about cycles. You know, I mean, when, when you grow up in Alaska, you're 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 connected to the cycles of the fish, the seasons. You know, the, the, there's a time to you know pick berries, and hunt mushrooms, and you know uh, go fishing. And and we view operating wild Alaska in that cycle. We're dependent on those those same cycles. Um, we're you know at scale, right? We're, we're looking at Bristol Bay salmon run. You know, for instance, the largest um, on the history. You know, this year, which is, and it's been phenomenal. And you really do when you maintain that awareness, you feel that connection to nature. Um, you know, in most traditions, ancient traditions around the world, understood the importance of um, that connection and those cycles, and that there were periods of periodic fasting. You know, <laughs> and modern society doesn't really understand this in, in mass. You know, most modern humans, um, you know, including those in, you know, the growth equity um, and venture back world, you know, uh, you know, we lose that inextricable, we lose that link to mother nature, you know, and, and, and instead we're connected to the Federal Reserve, <laughs> you know, and what that interest rate's doing. And so Wild Alaskan, we just have just never thought that way. We're coming at it from, you know, the, the perspective of fishermen and women, you know, that, that, you know, build this company up and maintain those relationships. And we're, you know, we view this time, you, you know, as a time to, uh, you know, sort of collect our thoughts, you know, resist that temptation to grow beyond our means, um, you know, practice that humility. And I would even go as far as to say that spiritual strength that, 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 that you, you have from maintaining those relationships with nature. And what we're trying to do as a public benefit corporation is share that, mentality and that ethos with with a larger consumer base so that they they can be reminded that they were never actually disconnected from from other nature and that, and that this awareness actually helps and so you know maybe we don't grow um quite as fast but we concentrate and be grateful for for for, for the members that that that, that 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 we do have and that all comes from you know maintaining those relationships so you you could call that sticky right or you could call that just um you know getting back to basics getting back to the, the fundamentals of being in concert with nature and with your, your your fellow human being that that's really how i look at it um i will say though that now is is actually a phenomenal time for companies that are embracing those fundamentals to um advertise digitally because what's happening right now is that so many of those companies that were boosted by capital that's no longer available, um, they, they're not able to apply that capital in the digital ad markets. So that's reducing the competitive pressure on major social network advertising platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, et cetera. And so if you do have a sustainable business model and you're able to foster um, uh, relate relationships through social media and social media is a great way to have a one-on-one conversation with, um, you know, thousands of people. Yeah. Uh, then now is a wonderful time because a lot of the people that we're advertising that are now not because they're scrambling because of inflation, um, you know, we're seeing some of the lowest ad rates that, that, that we've seen. You know, we had a, 
a phenomenal Q1, one of the best on record. And now in the middle of the, the summer, we're seeing some of the lowest rates that, that we've ever seen before. Um, and if you're in a position to run, run your business again with true connections, I think, I think now is still a beautiful time to, to be, to be, you know, to be a digital advocate with a, with a, with a direct consumer, yeah. uh, you know, base. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I, I love about your company is like, even just going to your website, it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm buying like directly from you. I mean, I am <laughs> like, you know, like you just you do are. such a great job telling this story, you know, like, it's just like, I, yeah. I feel like I'm going to my local, like I'm buying right off the dock. Like we have, I'm in New mm-hmm. Jersey. So we have, you know, Barnegat Bay. So like, I feel like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm buying, like I'm not in Alaska, but I am buying something local. I'm supporting, you know, the true fishermen. And, you know, it's just, you guys do such a great job of, of telling the story. And I, I think that definitely, you know, is, is why you have such a, a great customer base. And we're, we're, thank you. And we're intently focused on as we grow as a business. So we're over 70 full-time employees now, uh, making sure that each new person that joins, you know, data science, um, you know, software engineers, uh, you know, product managers, all, um, even if they didn't grow up on a fishing boat, foster that connection to Alaska and create shared experiences. That's actually one of our values is create shared experiences. And, and so we think that that's super important that um, whoever you are, whether you're coding, doing marketing, that you're internalizing this ecosystem. Um, and so we're, we're actually really excited to bring um, nearly the entire team up to Alaska uh, this summer Um next month and, and take them take them take them off fishing let them catch a salmon you know for the ones oh, that's that awesome. you know are sitting in front of computers but <laughs> yeah but that's the kind of thing that you don't necessarily need to do if you're just trying to build a business yep. right but we're we're trying to build a business but do something special here um and it, it starts with the company i mean i think the reason that you're you feel that when you look at our social media is because we feel it and we are living it and as we grow we're, mm-hmm. we're intently focused on on the on the team at large you know, to continue to build those relationships with with, with other nature in alaska in particular yeah i, I love the passion and eventually <laughs> Eventually, the, the entire country, you know, as I said, none of us are really disconnected from other nature. It just feels like it in our modern minds. Yeah. Well, that's great. Aaron, thank you so much for joining the CP News podcast. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon. That's right. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Anytime. Thanks again to Aaron for joining the CP News podcast. And hopefully we'll have him back on soon. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. Mm-hmm.